Hey. Hey, it's Mashka and Nash. Hey, it's your girl Roxy. And Coco. And YOLO. What's up? And we got our special guest here. Elana Dress. Hi. We're Mashka and Nashin. Chilling. Yeah, we the uh Mashka tonight is a very heavy-handed margarita. Handmade, though. <laughs> <Very> <laughs> Thank you, Coco. And mm-hmm. um, and so Yolo fresh. has sponsored our yes, some fresh fresh sushi from um, our dear dear Mariano's, mm-hmm. <laughs> our uh, nice little kosher section back there. A little Shout avocado and tomato slices as well. Yum yum. We're keeping it, keeping it healthy. Very healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We take care mm-hmm. of ourselves. And before we dive into this episode, we'd like to give out our shout out. Because you know we have to do it. Yes, do they give us week. life. Yeah, mm-hmm. they do. Speaking and of getting life. <laughs> and and life and a nice glow. But um, <laughs> the shout out today is Glow Skin Bar and Wellness Coaching. Um, Shoshana Schnell has, she's a friend of mine and she has helped me so much in terms of my skincare. Um, surprisingly, when I went to her for the first time, I had this awesome facial and she's really attentive and gives you so much, you know, so much, um, attention <laughs> and love. And, um, and it turns out that the products that she used were exactly the products that I've been like, this company I've been following for a while, but couldn't like, didn't get up the courage to actually mm-hmm. order from. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Just, and so like, it's just it. so wonderful. Cause she like hits home for me in terms of like the natural, the healthy, the organic, the this, and she really just, um, gets it, you know? Mm. So it's really refreshing. Um, and I, you come away feeling, uh, just, Glowing, glowing, and and my skin has just changed dramatically since using um, her services and products. So shout out to uh, Glow, and if you want to reach out to her and see what I'm talking about, uh, you can email her at shoshana.schnell at gmail.com, S-H-O-S-H-A-N-A dot C. S C H N E L L at Gmail. And we'll put that in the description so that you can uh, you know, you don't have to go back and listen to, listen uh, the to whole my, spelling again. My verbal <laughs> typo. <laughs> um or you can call her. Should I say that as well? Well, you you'll find it out. You give us a DM or a Gmail, you know, give us an email and, and we can give you the hookup. Speaking of which Y'all are going to want to DM and give us an email because our number one super fan. Yeah, shout out to Super Simcha Ben Avraham has donned your lovely Mashka Nash (laughs) with some Superfly threads. We got shirts, people. We We got merch. This is official. Get your merch. We we are a real podcast now. We got merch. (laughs) (laughs) We got fan-supported merch. So if you are interested in giving yourself a little bit of the freshness, some of the inspiration of the Mashka and the Nash... Mm-hmm. You go ahead and you GM or GM. You can DM oh, us, yeah. DM us, and Gmail us. You can GM us also. We're You're gonna GM us and DM us. All right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so Amazing. I'm ready to get this started. I, I we have been so excited to be blessed with uh, welcoming yes. Lana to our podcast. And go ahead, tell us what you have to bring to this beautiful table. Okay, <laughs> thanks for having me, guys. Yes. Um, 
So, like I was telling you guys before, I kind of came into this just wanting to talk about mental health um, and kind of the work that I do and uh, definitely talk about some create the idea of creativity and tie that into mental health. So, um, I am trying to figure out where to start my story. I guess I'll give an introduction mm -hmm. first. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll start. Yeah, okay, fine. I'll give you a whole, a whole background. So, um, I started, I guess I'll start with the music part. Um, I started making music in seventh grade. I wrote my first song after my first guitar lesson with three oh, wow. chords. Oh! <laughs> so, um, you got a little C, G, and A, or right. A, D, and... C, G, and G7. I oh, actually still remember it. Okay. Um, but, so I went on to play, learn guitar, and write songs, um... I was in choir in high school and acapella groups and um, wrote music and it was really my passion. Um, and I started, so I started learning more about Judaism in high school. I didn't grow up religious. Um, I grew up with a strong Jewish identity, but not religious, um, not observant. And um, I, after high school, started keeping Shabbos. I went to Israel. In the meantime, I was applying to music schools to study music therapy. So it was, I got into one program in Kansas and I felt like the Jewish life wasn't really strong enough there for me because I was kind of at this point where I was going through a lot of changes. Mm -hmm. um, it needed to be a good program, but it also needed to be a place where I could thrive Jewishly. Um, and I got into the program at Michigan State University and I probably actually would have gone there. Um, and they lost funding and they had to cut the program. Oh, oh my God. God. So they called, I got a call. Scandalous. Yeah. Oh. After I found out I had gotten in, I don't remember the timeline, but I got a call saying they're cutting the program. Um, so, so like how soon from there to like when school was supposed to start? Like, I think this was before I went to Israel and I was planning on deferring. Okay, oh. so you knew you had some okay. I knew I had some time. Um, I applied to Berkeley School of Music, actually. Oh, wow. I applied to Berkeley, in Boston, the one in Boston. I applied to Berkeley School of Both Music. Both of them are great. Right. <laughs> so I yeah. actually applied um, my senior year of high school and I did not get in. Um, and then in Israel, I went to Israel for the year. They actually have auditions in Israel. So I applied again. Wow. Uh, and I think one of the reasons I didn't get in the first time was, I think it was more like my sight reading wasn't, I mean, music theory okay, was yeah. never my strong point. I did not do well on that AP exam. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I think the second time around my sight reading was a little bit better. I don't know. Um, maybe it was the fact that I was auditioning from Israel. I don't know. But I got in the second time around. <laughs> So was with you. Yeah. Right. So um, <laughs> on guitar or for vo vocal? I auditioned with voice as my main instrument. Some music heads in here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but but, um, but I auditioned guitar and vocals. Um, and I got in, and then I kind of, you know, was in my year in Israel and becoming more observant and going through a lot of changes in general, you know, and. The idea, I think, of going to a big city where I didn't know anyone mm -hmm. and would probably end up like boarding by a family and right. it just didn't feel, it felt like it was too much change at once. You know, I'm, you know, graduating high school, going to Israel for the year, going to be living on my own for the first time, like becoming independent. It was just a lot at once. So I wanted to, I wanted to go to school a little closer to home, like far enough away that I could have my own life and independence <laughs> and like create myself, but close enough to home that I felt like I had a little bit of a safety net. So I went to University of Illinois, 
in Champaign, Urbana. They did not have a music therapy program. Mm -hmm. So, but I knew the rabbi there. My brother had gone there. I had friends already that went there. So you had a support system. I had a support system there and I had visited. So I knew people. It was just, um, it was a place that kind of provided me with like a holding environment Mm -hmm. that was healthy for me. And they had a social work program. So my grandfather was a social worker and I was very close with him you know, music therapy, I figured, okay, like this is the next best thing for me to do right now, holistically considering everything going on in my life. So I got my BSW, my bachelor's of social work there. Mm -hmm. Um, and I met my husband down there. I had a great experience there overall. Um, and I really do think it was, you know, far enough away, but close enough to home. It was a good balance. And then I got my MSW here in Chicago and you're Ms. Wiz. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm like, you need to get your MRSs when I was right. sitting away. Yeah. <laughs> okay. right. I got my BSW and my MRS. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got my MSW at Loyola Chicago. Got your money's worth. Right. 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 Uh, and I worked in, um, I did clinical intake for JCFS for a while. Nice. Okay, well, okay. While I was pregnant and then... Um, I took some time off after I had my first child, and then I worked at Lieberman Center for Health and Rehabilitation, which is a nursing home in Skokie. Um, it's a CJE Senior Life, part of CJE Senior Life, and um, it was a good experience, but I didn't feel that working for the, with the elderly was for me. It just wasn't the right fit. It wasn't a good population for me. Um, so I decided to just go into counseling, um, and I, now I work at a group practice called Urban Balance. And they have offices all over the city uh, and the suburbs. I'm in Evanston and Ravenswood, and I work three days a week. It's a good, like, balance. Nice. Um, Beautiful. Yeah, so I work, you know, with anxiety, depression, life transitions, work-life balance, relational issues. Um, I have seen couples a few times, but it's definitely not my cup of tea. I prefer to see individuals. Um, And... I really just view therapy as like a safe, non-judgmental space, you know, to come and process things and have your feelings reflected back to you in a meaningful way that might give you some perspective um, and ultimately help people kind of attain the changes they want to see in their life. Um, And I've gone to some really good professional trainings that maybe I'll get to later. Uh, So the idea of creativity, you know, and music, it's still, I would say, Creativity in general is definitely essential to my mental health. Um, I definitely think being a religious woman, you know, the idea of Koalisha, I've kind of gone through my own process with it and come to really view it as, okay, this is a man's mitzvah, not mine. Mm-hmm. So it's not that I can't sing, it's that he can't listen. Right, right, um, right. So I, and I really do believe that to be the case. Um, so I mean... I think my view on that has shifted and I've been able to kind of find myself in it, but it's still limiting in the sense that I can't share, share it the way I would want to, Mm. you know, with everyone. Like I can't just freely give of myself in music in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, For for our listeners that don't know what Cole Isha is, is, um, it's singing when a woman sings in front of another man, it's a man is not supposed to listen so yeah. what that's where the prohibition lies. It's not particularly written that a woman should not sing in front of a man, but a man should not listen. But many people right. um, try to guard that mitzvah 
by not singing in front of men. So th right. just for our, but as a musician, I totally, totally right. get, that was yeah. the hardest thing when I became from, yeah. so I couldn't sing and hum and whistle as freely as I liked. Cause I right. love to do that constantly. Right. I was, you could never mm. shut me up. Yeah. Right. Right. And I think I but think now <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I love it. Um, in general with Yiddishkeit, I think something I struggle with is we like the idea of building a fence around a mitzvah and, you know, and I understand that, you know, the idea that the rabbis have Ruach HaKodesh and we listen in part, you know, it's a mitzvah to listen to the rabbis. But sometimes I just wonder, are we really doing things the way that Hashem wants or intends? Mm -hmm. And maybe that's just my own heresy that I have to work on. I don't know. Um, no, I have my own challenges with it. But yeah. it's, it's, like, Kolisha is one of those things because I think the original, I think... From what I remember of what I learned in it, it was in that the idea is that a man should not listen to a woman sing when he's saying Shema. Mm. So, like, it's very specific. So, mm. yeah. uh -huh. and then, you know, the rabbis derived it all for, out from that. I could be wrong. Was that like Anyone who's listening, says? feel free to message me. And, okay. Right. And give us a whole drink. Right. <laughs> right. I remember learning, you know, learning about it. But um, anyway, so I think for me, um, you know, I can't really share my music fully in the mm -hmm. way that I would want to. And I think that's very painful for me. And I think that I'm still mourning that. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I think I, I don't think going to Berkeley was the right thing for me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but I do think there's a part of me that's always kind of. Like wanting what, that? Yeah, or like what if, or, you know, mm -hmm. and, and how, how can I fit music into my life now? Because it's not something I have the time to do every day. Um, given that I'm not doing it professionally. And I think because I can't share it in the way I want to, um, it's something that has kind of like fallen a little bit. Um, and I, you know, I'm involved in the women's show and I try to, I feel like now it's like every few years I'll write a good song. You know, yeah. Yeah. But it's not kind of what it used to be. Mm -hmm. um, because also I would stay up all night and the song would just flow out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's how I would write. So I can't do that now. I got two kids. You know, I have a job. Responsibilities. Yeah, it's just, and it's, I'm not in the same place in my life anymore, um, so it's harder. But um, I do go through other artistic phases. You know, I kind of got into painting and macrame, and I really would love to get a loom and learn how to weave. I love fiber arts, and yeah, I have all these things I want to do. But um, felting looks really fun, right? Isn't that like right? Yeah. <clears throat> the pin. That you yes. Stick yeah. 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 Yeah, or yeah, have they like stretch it over needles or something? Yes, yeah. <laughs> right. So um, that's definitely something that has inspired me. Um, fiber arts, not fiber arts specifically, <laughs> but just oh. your reaching for oh. artistic expression, right. even if it's not like the main thing that you're doing. Right. That to me has always been like when I see you post, like here I made this little, you know, I'm right. trying calligraphy now. Right. It's like, yeah. oh wow. Like that, A, it's beautiful, okay. and B, it's just like, wow, yeah, you know what? Like, I don't have to wait to have, you know, a studio or, right. you know, whatever. I could just, like, pull it all out, just do something. And, right. and, and like, right. really fusing, like you're saying, like, the creativity and the self-care that you give yourself and not right. And weighing. I, yeah, I think self-care, I mean, I think mental health means different things to different people, but I know for me, being creative 
creativity and mental health go hand in hand for me. If I'm not, if I go a long time without using my creative muscle, like I'm just, I feel it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, girl. We, that, <laughs> feel we all feel that same way. Yeah. Speaking for the Matrika and the Nanjus. 100%. We, we had Mandy Hakimi on last week um, mm-hmm. in our last episode. Shout out to and Mandy. She, uh, along with Alana, mm-hmm. have um, do um, different aspects of this women's show that we referenced last, mm-hmm. last week where it gives the opportunity to Chicagoland Jewish women of all different kinds of backgrounds to gather together and express themselves in different artistic <laughs> ways. And mm-hmm. I, I was involved in it for the last two years, and I'm just blown away by the entire thing. Like, the, the kind of women that come out, the, doing martial arts, and, the, yeah. you know, do these so amazing yeah. vocal harmony things, and, and dance routines, and sketches, and it's just, it's a great thing. And it, it especially for people like ourselves that have had exposure and like a taste of being able to be ex- expressive in different artistic ways that a lot of Jewish women who have been from from birth have not been exposed to yet. Right. And it's not that they don't have the ability or the desire, it's that they haven't had an outlet to mm-hmm. do it. So I feel like this and the, is... And the access to training. Right. Yes. Right. And, and it's you know, sure. really there. professional training. And so this is so important that at least they get a taste of it mm-hmm. and that they can follow more. And like I'm seeing in our community that there's more like enrichment in the arts and it's, I'm happy. I'm happy to also contribute to it in the ways that I've contributed to it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really important and it, it's helped me mm-hmm. get out of depression of my own, like yeah. a feeling I just don't have anything to contribute. Right. You know, like right. it's so it's much. really hard when you have that right. inside of yourself. And when you're consistently totally. working with other people on it. Like you're yeah. it's not just one show, it's months and months and months and months yeah. of right. practice. A collaborative effort. Yeah. 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 So, totally, totally. So do you use um like in your work with mental health, mm-hmm. do you suggest to your clients to find a creative outlet or do you do like creative creative things within the sessions? How would you Art like pair these two worlds together? Right. You know, I think for, I, with my clients, I really kind of meet them where they're at. If people have, if, if a client has a creative streak, if they have, you know, creative hobbies and passions, I definitely work with them on, you know, how, how can, how can using this part of yourself contribute to your mental health? How can it, how can it help you to cope with your anxiety? Um, How can it, you know, help to improve your mood? I would say that's probably the extent of where the two kind of intersect for me right now. Mm -hmm. Um, There's actually a young woman who who goes to my shoal who is um, an intern, a music therapy intern in Chicago. And (coughs) she was talking to me about, you know, all the stuff that I had been interested in that she's doing, helping um, stroke patients who can't speak. Uh-huh. A lot of times they can still sing because mm. it's a different part of the brain. Oh, so wow. using music can help rebuild those pathways and help get them their speech so back. Yeah. Um, and, you know, kids with autism, like, it can be used in a lot of different ways. Um, so I think in, in the bigger picture, there is a lot of room for the two to intersect and work together. Um, I think, you know, the work that I'm doing is 
more geared towards, um, you know, whatever clients are dealing with in their life. Um, and I've gotten a lot more clients recently uh, who are in the perinatal phase of life um, or who have who have kids that I par I'll define the perinatal period. So I went to I went to a training given by postpartum postpartum support international, which is an organization <clears throat> that provides um, support groups, links people to resources, um, and provides professional training. So I went to kind of an intensive uh, two-day training that they gave to, um, as part of pursuing their um, certif certification in perinatal mental health. So the perinatal period is defined as um, the, the time from trying to conceive to one year after a baby is born. So it's a bigger time frame, I think, than people realize. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and they, I think I just got like, over oh. my prenatal after three years. <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, it's huge. Yeah. It's huge. I mean... That first year is really... It's tough. Really it's really intense. hard. And um, I think, you know... So I obviously have become interested in this more since having my own kids. And... Mm -hmm you know, going through that just shift in identity of becoming a mother and um, everything that comes with that. And <clears throat> um, I think, you know, the, I, the, the isolation and, you know, we're very blessed in our community to have a lot of support. Uh, but I think there's also, it's just, it's interesting, I'll backtrack a little bit just to define um, perinatal, Mood and anxiety disorders, a PMAD, PMADs they call them. Um, no, yeah, that's right. Um, easy said. Um, so what was include? So what's included in that? Um, perinatal depression, anxiety, panic disorder, OCD, PTSD, uh, perinatal bipolar disorder, and in rare cases, psychosis. So. About 20% of women will, will have a perinatal uh, depression or anxiety. And wow. it's the number one medical complication related to childbirth. And it's under-treated and under-diagnosed. That's crazy. Yeah, it really is crazy. And I think... Why um, is it so under-treated? Like, is it because, like, people just like, oh, it's just... It'll she's just high. being a woman. or right. And right. also yeah. women try and tough it out. Right. Because right. you're under a lot of stress with sleeping, the sl you're totally your sleep cycle is totally disrupted. Completely. So like you don't even, you at least in my case, I mean, in like, my case, you don't even really have a grasp on how you are feeling because you're so disoriented. Like that whole totally, it's really sleep deprivation yeah. is a huge part of it, mm -hmm. uh, and I think a risk factor for psychosis. Mm -hmm. um, psychosis is very rare, but. Yeah, so you mentioned all of these, you know, con conditions that, mm -hmm. you know, we all recognize, anxiety, depression, you know, PTSD, but you attach the perinatal, perinatal mm -hmm. component to it. Are you saying that this is something that people are, that this particular person might be prone to and they're in this stage, or do they develop this condition while in that stage? Right. What's, I think... I think, you know, I, I don't know, like, scientifically the answer to that. I think that, I think that people who are predisposed to anxiety, depression, various mental health issues, this time period 
will trigger a lot of that. Mm -hmm. uh, I right. also think that there are people who maybe have never been diagnosed with any mental health disorder or you know, diagnosis that um, can still experience these issues. Yeah. And also we're dealing with, in addition to everything you kind of normally think about, also, you know, any real or perceived trauma of pregnancy, childbirth, labor, delivery, if you have the baby in the NICU, premature babies, pregnancy loss, um, stillbirth, nursing issues, nursing, can, breastfeeding, absolutely very, all the yeah. hormonal stuff that goes along with it, all the hormonal changes throughout pregnancy, your hormones are pretty sure your estrogen, right, is going up, 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 you have the baby, it drops. I mean, the hormones are everywhere, which, you know, there's just a lot of biological and environmental things that are happening um, and changing and shifting. And um, they, the, I think it's interesting, um, I think, the difference, you know, I was thinking about in the Jewish world, in the Orthodox world, is this more or less common? Because on the one hand, we have a lot of support. We have community. We have people bring us meals. We have right. cleaning help, you know, through the Chicago Center for Torn Chesed has that helping hands. Which is um, amazing. Which is amazing. It's what, like four weeks of, like four, somebody comes to our house like one time Once a, a week, week. For four mm -hmm. weeks, I think. For four weeks and helps with the cleaning. Right. It's really. It's huge. And it, it's it really helped a really, lot. It really makes yeah. a difference. Yeah. But at, at the same time, I think in the Orthodox world, there is more of an expectation around motherhood. People have more kids. Um, I mean, my, my grandmother was one of eight. Wow. And she said her mom was just depressed. Mm. You know, I mean, obviously there's a lot more attention paid to mental health now than there was right, then. Right, but, um, right, right. Do you feel like mm -hmm. that's, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but like, no, do you it's feel fine. like it's like, that's like an affect of the culture or just like an affect of like not have like we were talking about like with the women's show like just not having access to resources like is that just like an effect of like you should be happy you're a mother like this is what you were created to do this is like right. your dominion you know versus right. being like we just don't have the resources to treat this in our community I think Sorry, we're like making you the subject matter expert. No, <laughs> that's fine. I, I am no expert. I mean, I'm, I am no expert. I'll tell you what I know and what I think based on my experience and the research I've done and the trainings I've gone to. I think that there's definitely, I think it's, I think it's pretty universal, the difficulty mm -hmm. of the transition mm -hmm. across cultures, but I do think culture has an impact for sure. Um, I don't remember what culture it was. I saw this whole video on some culture. I don't remember what it was. That the whole year after the baby is born, people come and take care of the mother and cook for her and do, you know, massage for her. And and it's yeah. like ritualistic, you know, really. We need to find this one, replicate it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's make right. this our culture. Right. <laughs> right. I'm not even sure which country I think from. I've seen this video that right? you're talking about. It was I'll try to find it. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's just a different perspective. I think mm. even I see it even in my friends who were raised religious. I feel like there's 
there's just a different expectation, I think, in what mm. what they can handle and what they should be able to handle. Um, right. Because this is what we do. We have a lot of kids. Yeah. You right. Know? So. And it's not like we have our our men to to tag team out all the time. Like you know, in a lot of households, the men are like at Colel or that they're right. at you know they're dominating. And some some of us are, they're you know, going to learn at are, night. Yeah, right. we're right. more more on our own with right. the child rearing part, you know. Right. Which can also, I I am not of that category, you know. Thankfully, I have um, bullied my husband into helping me <laughs> with my children. <laughs> so, but you know, like. Um, I'm I'm always curious how mm-hmm. these amazing women who have momish like ten kids, like and once you're once the older them. kids get to a certain age, they can, they can help. help. But like also in a way, like do you really want to have your older children feeling like they're helping? I mean, that they're that them. they're pinned into helping. Some right. of them are natural leaders and they like True. the responsibility, yeah. but there has to be. You know, I'm trying. I'm not trying to go on a goose trail, but you know, like, how do these women do that? Like, I just, I just don't. I don't know how. Yeah, I don't know. And and so that's the question: How are they while they're doing it? Mm-hmm. Mm. Because I think they can do it, but how are they while they're doing right, it? Right, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, kids are getting raised, right? And right. kids are getting to school, and appointments are being made and mm-hmm. but you know Shabbos meals being cooked right <laughs> right we're hosting we're doing all these things right. but um I would be curious you know almost to you know know if there was like research that could be done on specifically perinatal mental health in the orthodox world because I would be curious to see what the statistics are and, and you know I think that because of the cultural expectations and, you know, the way of life, I would be curious. I, I think it's really important that um, these resources be made available to to the Jewish community, um, you know, and that people are, are aware, you know, and educated about, you know. And they do ask, you know, I will say, from my experience, doctors have gotten much better at asking at your follow-up appointments, you know, OBs asking how are you feeling? And, you know, there's a difference between baby blues, which most people experience, and postpartum depression issues. Mm-hmm. So, and one other point I wanted to make that something I took from this training that I thought was really um, worth sharing was a lot of times when it comes to psychotropic medications, anti-anxiety, antidepressive, depressants, mood stabilizers, all those things, Women are oftentimes no no one wants to prescribe it to them when they're pregnant, mm-hmm. trying because to conceive pregnant fact. or breastfeeding yeah, because correct. they're scared to to prescribe it. So oftentimes women are passed back and forth between their gynecologists and their psychiatrists, and no one will prescribe it, and they're left untreated. And there are plenty of medic not I don't know there's a there's a fair amount of medications that are safe enough to use in yeah. um, in pregnancy and breastfeeding. And I loved the idea that they talked about, you know, it's either the side effects of medication or the effects of untreated depression in pregnancy, mm-hmm. yeah. right. which mm-hmm. can also lead to complications. Um, the term. being 
remaining untreated leads to complications? Untreated depression uh -huh. um, and anxiety and str high stress levels can you lead to... Like, it like leads to like long-term changes, like their, the brain chemistry is like um, not able to go back to normal or like more so like... Well, from what I understand... Like, bad outcomes like someone might be suicidal hostile trouble no well from what i understand it can affect untreated depression and anxiety mental health issues in pregnancy and high stress can affect the health of the fetus so uh, you know you have stress hormones being transferred to the fetus you have yeah higher risk of preterm labor things like that mm -hmm. right that um so so this idea of people being really afraid of being on an antidepressant or an anti-anxiety when they're um, pregnant. You know, I'm not a doctor, but there are also risks to being untreated, having mm -hmm. untreated mental mm -hmm. issues. Um, Which people don't really talk so much about. Right. The effects of right. that on not just your body, but your baby's body. Right. That's mm -hmm. incredible. What are some ways for um, people who can identify the they're having struggles with their mental health but haven't taken a step to getting help. Like what are some things that they can do that can help them get to where they need to go? You know, for instance, like if they have a very busy schedule, like if you have 10 kids, mm -hmm. how are you going to get to the psychiatrist's office to get the help? Yeah. <laughs> I right. mean, it's more, I mean, right. what are some, some realistic steps for somebody who hasn't, taken the steps to get to where they need to go Someone to better who, themselves. Someone who recognizes that they need the help, yeah, but they have a hard time getting in somewhere. And yeah. So first I would say, you know, takes a village, right? I mean, sure. if you can get help, if you can get a babysitter, um, if you can drop the kids off at your parents, you know, if there are ways to get help, I think that's the first step in general. Hmm. We're afraid to ask for help. We feel guilty putting it on someone else. You know, we, mm -hmm. um, I think there's a lot of, of that that happens. I think getting help, if you're happy, your kids are better off. You know, just I'll get personal quick. Um, you know, I had a baby a year ago from October and I was doing real great. And then he hit about 11 months old and I just got so overwhelmed. And I was like, I don't have time to do anything. Cause I was, I'm either working or home with him. I didn't send him to a daycare or anything cause I work part time. I'm so blessed my parents helped me when I work. So when I wasn't working, I'm home with him. And I love the kid to death and it's great, but I was just feeling like, you know what? I need, I need something. I need some, I need some time to myself to do things to make time for creativity, to do things that, you know, to run errands alone, you know, yeah. <laughs> to do, to do things that I felt were negatively impacting my mental health. So I found a nanny share, which is convenient because, you know, someone I know has a nanny for their kid. I send my son a few days a week and we split it. So it's more affordable. Yeah. Um, and, and I did feel guilt about that, mm. but you know, I think that I, I kind of just knew that I can't feel guilty for this because, and I still do sometimes, but I need him, I need to be okay in order to give to my kids in the way that I want to. I need to, I, you know, 
I need to have that space. Yeah. 100%. So, um, but practically speaking, what people can do, um, you know, in Chicago, at the Evanston Hospital have Evans, has um, the Evanston Moms line. Mm-hmm. I don't have the number offhand, but we'll link it. Um, and you can call. It's like a helpline that you can call uh, to be linked to resources in the community, uh, to be linked to therapists, psychiatrists. Um, if you're looking to talk to someone over the phone, I know Postpartum Support International has a helpline that you can call. I think it's 24-7. Um, and they also, if you go to their website and you put in your zip code, they will give you a list of resources in your area. Um, and they have online and in-person support groups. Um, and it's just a great organization. Um, and actually, their mission, I want to read you their mission statement because it's pretty bold. Their mission is to promote awareness, prevention, and treatment of maternal mental health issues related to childbearing in every community worldwide. Wow. So they're really working all over the world. Wow. And they say, you're not alone, you're not to blame, and with help you will be well. And that's their statement. And I think um, it's just so great. That's I feel amazing. Like I'm talking the whole time. No, so don't worry. Yeah. That's why we have you here. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah, they hear from us. Our listeners hear from us every week. This, right? is, this is very um, full circle. You know, last week we talked about mm-hmm. having, um, you know, pro- how community can help <clears throat> pro- provide financial resources uh, to kind of start off the, you know, woman with a new baby's life, you know, is bonding and, 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 you know, taking that time. But there's more to it. And you're saying that it just doesn't it doesn't start and stop there that um, it that that the steps that one can take to make sure that right. they're in a in a good place um, is vital for like right. just the family in general and for themselves and it just keeps going so it's really nice to hear that there are resources um, yeah. even you know despite the fact that we we hear so much of like oh there's not enough there's not enough. Right. Well, but there also is we stuff out there. Right. We just got to so, support it. Right. It's and great that you're here to tell us that. Like, right. And and also, there are psychiatrists that specialize in women's health mm-hmm. stuff. So you can get a psychiatrist that's familiar. You know, if you are in the perinatal period and you think you might need medication, you can get a psychiatrist who knows what's safe for pregnancy and who's nice. specialized in that. So. Wow. That's that's awesome. Mer- Meridian Psychiatric Partners in Evanston, I think they have an office in Chicago too, is known for having that specialization too. Cool. It's amazing. amazing. Speaking of supporting uh, good things that uh, help women, um, how can people support the Postpartum Support International Group and uh, they, some of these other organizations you've been Yeah, um, about? they have a website. If you just Google Postpartum Support International, we can put the link um, you know, in the description. They... Definitely, ha- you can definitely donate on their website, mm-hmm. um, and um, I could just also, you know, um, tying it back to kind of the Jewish world. Mm-hmm. There are organizations for Orthodox mental health professionals that I think you know that provide training and that I think help to equip Orthodox mental health professionals mm-hmm. to help the community. And there's also like organizations like No Shame on You that I think you know is working to break stigma on education and awareness and uh, help to equip 
rabbis and um, you know community leaders to help community members and individuals and families of people with mental illness. Right. Um, yes. And I also want to give a plug for J Proactive. It's an Instagram account. They also have a website, and they are working to break the stigma of mental health in the Orthodox world. And they're really great. Awesome. Amazing. So. I'm following them right now. Yeah. <laughs> they're really fantastic, and they have a website with resources and blog posts. And I actually have a blog post I wrote um, on their website on about anxiety um, and a model that I work off of when I work with clients on anxiety and how I view anxiety and how I treat anxiety. So, Wow. How can people get in contact with you? With me? Um, yeah. You can email me. <laughs> uh, you can email me alana.dress at, uh, alana at gmail. That's okay. my Gmail uh, account. Can we also find your music on uh, on the interwebs yes, at the all? Sounds of Cloud. Yeah. SoundCloud, Alana Chava on SoundCloud. That's C H A V A. And my Instagram is Soulbird Life. I try to like keep my name off. Off the internet, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. yeah. Separate. It's a branding. It's a, okay. Right. Yeah. I don't want my clients to necessarily be able to find me on. Right, right. That's real. It's just. And and for our me. listeners out there, her voice is like it's so like beautiful, <laughs> and she composes the most amazingly rich, like the just the chord structure. It just makes it's my good. makes my song. soul just fly. Aww, I, I sing her songs so at my. Sweet. Uh, like when I'm laying in bed and I'm thinking about like you know I'm just here right. the song is gets stuck it. in my head for days it's it's I gorgeous it. so well, please next time I write out. a good song I'll let you guys know yes um, <laughs> please I want to and I want to record the last song I wrote um I have to find time to do that but yeah go give it a listen yeah, yeah. this has been okay. such a delight thank you yes. so thank much you for joining for us me. I you. hope I didn't you talked no. exactly <laughs> the right amount and I'm I'm so blessed. So thank you so much. And if uh, any of our listeners has any thoughts or questions or anything that's coming up for you, send us a message. A DM and a GM. If you are, um, you know, a mom in the perinatal period and you are wondering, oh, is this the baby blues or is this something more? Should I be maybe getting help or am I okay? You know, feel free to, to reach out. Yes. Yes. All right. See you guys. Thank you. Enjoy your evening. Bye. Bye. Bye.